0: It's time for episode 341 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, April 8th, 2020. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the Tech Podcast, where we steal half an hour of your time and never give it back. I'm Dan Morin, and I'm joined across the internet by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah?
1: <laughs> Your half hour is mine.
0: <laughs> you gotta, you gotta save that for the end because now they know. They might stop tuning in. It's, it's oh, got, shoot. be careful! Be careful.
1: Uh, disregard what just happened <laughs> um i'm doing well i you know hanging in there we're all doing the best we can that's, right Dan? that's my
0: motto that's my <laughs> motto Ah, uh, and the best we can is two fantastic guests to my left this week a podcaster over at podfeet.com allison sheridan is back welcome back allison
2: I am glad to come back and watch the clock with you, gentlemen. We are delighted, as always, to have you. And to my left
1: is Engadget Editor slash Films co-host. It's Devendra Hardowar. Hello. Welcome back. Back, I think? Yeah. Back, back.
3: Yeah. Back, yes. back. Always happy to be here, guys. All right, let's kick things
0: off. I will start today's roundtable. How are you dealing with helping family and friends with tech problems when you can't be there in person? What are your sort of your remote troubleshooting strategies? Are there new things that you've come up with in this time of self-isolation?
2: Allison, let's start with you. Well, probably the thing we're using the most is with uh, my husband's parents. Uh, His dad is uh, 85, something like that, and he runs into problems from time to time. And the biggest tip I have is that if you've got somebody who really doesn't know what they're doing, um, iMessage works really well, or is it messages, whatever we call it these days. Um, inside uh, messages, if you start chatting with someone, there's a little button in the upper right says details, and you can actually screen share from there. And voice goes over the computer, which he can't. that turns into a nightmare. So they stay on the phone and mute both computers. Um, but it allows my husband to to do remote support for him, and it was game changing. We used to try to get him into a Skype session, and that was just like you know, there's an you know hour and a half of your life gone. So my big tip is uh, just try using messages; works really well. Uh, my tip would be: well, there are two two things you
1: need to start with. Either you need to um, make sure that you keep around yourself uh, older devices so that you have the same devices that uh, family has. Or you need to make sure that you keep your family updated to the latest devices, so that you're both running similar <laughs> software, similar <laughs> hardware, so that you know from wherever you are, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, exactly what processes they need to yeah. do. Passive support, point, basically. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And at that point. My favorite thing to use, and I've been using this even before uh, all of this happened because I live across the country from where my family is, and that is the brilliant, beautiful, and wonderful screen recording feature that is built into iOS. Um, If you swipe down from control center and you hold down on the circle with a circle outside of it, um, you need to choose to turn microphone on. And then make sure that screen recording is set to photos and tap Start Recording, at which point you can speak uh, the steps that the person needs to follow while walking them through on the device itself. And oh, that's most good. of my yeah. yeah, most of my troubleshooting does come from... Uh, on It happens on iOS as opposed to macOS. So having that there is very helpful. I just wish, Apple, you would allow for... Indicators of where I'm tapping on the screen. That would be really nice. Mm-hmm. Devendra, what about you?
3: You know, I've spent uh, a big chunk of my life in IT. So this is something I- I'm very used to just doing this over the phone. I will say uh, everything you guys have mentioned sounds good. There are so many great screen sharing uh things to do now, like between Skype and iMessages. Uh, at work, I use Hangouts quite a bit. Uh, we still use Google Meet and you can screen share through there. So screen sharing is probably the best thing. Um, yeah I think that's it. like knowing a sense of like what your family has, what people have being able to Google very quickly. this is kind of a muscle, but most of the time people have questions about mm-hmm. anything it's something they can search easily, so your job as the technical superior person you know is to be able to you know lock onto the keywords, figure out what you right. need to research and find it for them and communicate to them sometimes it's only over the phone and that's uh that takes some practice so you just got to keep doing it basically
0: yeah, yeah. the uh, the inevitable like i'm sitting there talking to my mom being like all right yep. i think you hit the fourth option down i'm just picturing <laughs> it in my head here uh i had a good one uh yesterday which prompted this question is my mom's iMac the bluetooth died and she you know so no keyboard and no mouse and so screen sharing requires that she click a button Oof. to say accept so i ended Yikes. up i felt I'm like racking my brain and suddenly i'm like you know what Ask dad to get his laptop. I screen shared into his laptop, then use the local connection to screen share directly in, since I could just do it with her username and password. I was like, I'm screen sharing two separate levels. This is very slow, but it's going to work. So wow. yeah, screen sharing that I will add to Allison's tip um, on the Mac. Uh, if you launch the screen sharing app, which is kind of hidden, but if you open up spotlight and type screen sharing, it'll prompt you to either enter a host name or, and this is something I didn't know about until very recently. You can just type an Apple ID And it will just like, it'll kind of do what the messages does. So if you have somebody's Apple ID that you know, but you're not necessarily in a messages conversation, you can just type in the Apple ID and it'll send the same request for screen sharing. And that is a lifesaver because you don't have to deal with like, do they have a firewall? Like what's going on with the network settings? iCloud takes care of it all and negotiates it. It's a breeze. And I love that. So lots of tips for those of you out there who are dealing with this kind of stuff. Thank you all for your suggestions there. Let's go to our second topic, which comes from Allison.
2: Well, you know, technology is really cool and we all love it, but it seems like everything is fiddly, like when screen sharing wouldn't work in the house (laughs) yesterday when I couldn't get uh, a sidecar to work on my iPad Pro just now. Dan had problems with an update with software. It seems like everything is fiddly. And so my question to you, is there any device, application or service that you use that is not fiddly? And if, as I suspect, you won't be able to come up with one, what is the most fiddly thing you interact with this day, these days? Whichever you'd prefer.
1: Um, so here's the thing. I, was, I, I took some time to think about this, and I found one that I really do feel has not been fiddly. And at the risk of this sounding like a podcast advertisement, because they are a sponsor of mine on uh, the Twit network. I really am impressed with the non-fiddly fiddlerness of um of ExpressVPN. So most of the time VPN clients can be a complicated process that involves different installations and logins and all this kind of stuff and you have to choose different things every time you you launch it and start it and I think it's a it's a combination of iOS updating its platform to better support VPNs paired with the uh, feature set of ExpressVPN to make for a non-fiddly experience. And so I've been very impressed with the launch ExpressVPN, click to connect and be done and have it going ready to go. Um, but I did want to mention, <laughs> shout out to an app I use all the time that continues to update and take up more of my uh, processing power on all of my devices, and that's Dropbox, the fiddliest of fiddly fiddlers <laughs> that ever did fiddle. And I can't, can't, I can't stand it. I, I need it, but I can't stand it. <laughs> Davindra, what about you?
3: Uh, you know, this brings to mind like the difference between old tech, slower tech, and I think that is a movement right now, right? You can turn on an old radio, you can mm-hmm. turn on a thirty-year-old radio, and it'll just work. It just, you know, th- there's nothing to connect to. There's no networking issues. So I do love it when I come across older tech that I could just hit a button. I have a shower radio. That's just like it's FM. That's it. I turn mm-hmm, it on. Mm-hmm. The only problem is, uh, you know, maybe I, I'm low on batteries or something. But this is the stuff that really makes me fond of older tech and things like older cameras. When it comes to newer tech, I'm thinking maybe something like um, I really love Spotify Connect. That is a feature that I feel like not enough people take advantage of because it's a uh, you just hit a button and you throw your Spotify to another speaker, but you can also control your playlists and everything from any device that you have Spotify on. It's a really great little network thing. Um, so if I'm playing music off of my phone, I can still control it from my desktop if I'm you know, moving over to my desk or something. It's really useful when I'm testing speakers, uh, especially connected speakers, because you can quickly like... Throw a track from like one speaker to another by flipping your connect settings, and it's like instant. It is so, and it's so good for hearing the differences between speakers. So, really appreciate that. Uh, this all brings to mind sort of um, the Battlestar Galactica thing, right? <laughs> Where the older ships, <laughs> the right. non-connected ships, were the only thing safe from the Cylons, and the newer ships, uh, they they all got taken over. There's something to be said about older tech. So, yeah, that, I'm feeling that as for the new things they are really really fiddly um you know airplay is never nice with me like i have i have my router in my living room like everything is should be fine and it never works the way i want um so there's that it's great when it does work but i tend to prefer bluetooth and certainly when it comes to music like spotify connect is flawless for me yeah uh that's a great i
0: like the Bowser Collector galactic reference that's totally spot on um and I hadn't thought of radios, but that's a great example. I have a bedside radio that's, you know, it's so old, it's got a 30-pin iPod dock in it. Uh, but it works <laughs> fine for radio stuff. Um, yep. But the thing I was actually going to pick, which I, I recently redid my entire network setup uh, because I had an older Airport Extreme, and it was kind of dying. And so I, I hemmed and hawed about it for a long time, and I eventually replaced it with an Eero. And I've set up two other Eeros, uh, both were at my cousin's house, because their house was a little too large for just one base station, and at my parents' house, who had similar problems getting reception upstairs. And my experience with both of those was really good. So, when I was going to go buy a router for myself, I decided to buy Nero, and I have been delighted by it. Um, It is really just so transparent. Uh, Having set it up now a month ago, I only like every once in a while I think oh I should look and see how the Eero is doing not because something happened just because I'm curious and I like playing with things <laughs> and it's almost <laughs> disappointing how little like fiddling it requires because I love to do fiddling for network setups I'm like oh it's just I guess it's all working fine oh well you're like Marge Simpson
3: in uh, the, the fancy house that they end up moving yeah. to you know <laughs> and all of her devices are automated and she, she just has to sit and it's drink too easy
0: that's right it's too, too easy. easy so yeah I really like the Eero um, and as for fiddly stuff oh man it's like everything else in the world basically i tried to think of like stuff i like that's not fiddly i was like oh no wait i have to mess with that all the time that nope definitely have to mess with that a lot so <laughs> yeah allison round us out here
2: i love davidra's uh old tech thing that we were watching back to the future 2 last night and doc grabs a uh, brand new walkie-talkie still in yep. plastic throws it to to marty mcfly he rips it open and they both start talking to each other and i just went That would never happen today.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Got to pair. Got to pair to each other. Got to make sure it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. All
0: right. That's two topics down, two topics left, which of course means it's halftime here at Clockwise. And this week's episode is brought to you by Devon Think, the flagship product from Devon Technologies. It's a professional document and information management application for the Mac that helps you collect, file, organize, edit, and annotate all kinds of documents without ever leaving the app. Place live web pages like documents loaded in Google Docs seamlessly next to local files. Organize documents in groups and subgroups. Tag them or both, whatever suits your workflow. DevonThink has a ton of useful features, including smart groups that let you create different views on your data, integrated AI that assists you with filing and searching, uh, the ability to archive all your email with enhanced email archiver and scan your paper documents, and Flexible Sync supports iCloud, Dropbox, any web dev server, and direct connections with everything securely encrypted. You can create smart rules and add flexible reminders to any document. They let even non-programmers easily automate many parts of the workflow, so you can delegate the boring, repeating tasks to DevonThink. And DevonThink 3 has a beautiful, modernized user interface with dark mode support. Plus, their iOS companion app lets you take DevonThink on the go, and a completely rewritten web interface makes it ideal for small to medium-sized teams. You can get 10% off DevonThink 3 or upgrade to it right now. Just go to devontechnologies.com slash clockwise. That's devontechnologies.com slash clockwise for 10% off. Our thanks to Devon Technologies for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, halftime is over. Micah, take us away.
1: All right, so Netflix is uh, going to allow parents to remove movies and shows and filter by ratings in a new update, basically allowing uh, parents to control what their kids are watching. I think that on its uh, face is a very good thing. It's it's a, a necessary feature. And as we sort of live in a world where uh, we've got folks who are constantly connected and constantly you know, having screen time, uh, this is a necessary feature. But it made me think about back in my day uh, when I was able to sort of go online and Hop around the internet and uh, sort of be free to play around on the computer later play around on uh, mobile devices a little bit before kind of all of these tools came into place, the ones that GPS track you that can tell when your battery's running low and let your parent know, and those kinds of things uh, the the different router level filters and and whatnot and so i'm just curious i I just want to know your thoughts on whether you think you were helped or hindered by the relatively open and new web of yesteryear? Devendra, we'll start with you.
3: Uh, yeah, I think unequivocally helped. Um, I bring this up quite a bit because my parents used to complain when I was just like on the computer late and doing stuff, but... You know, I was chatting with people. I was exploring the internet and the, the sort of, like, instant connectivity that that provided. I was messing around with HTML. I, I was, like, doing all this little stuff that really helped me. Um, You know, it helped me throughout my career, throughout school, throughout all these hobbies I'm doing, like, uh, between podcasting and even i t support I used to work at Office Max in high school and like I, I, everything I learned on the internet, I translated into what I was doing to help people, so for me, yeah, totally helpful um now as I'm a parent, I'm certainly worried about what my you know what my daughter's gonna to have access to, but I think you know once she reaches pre-teen you know age or so like it's it's all bets are off like she should have access to everything as long as she's not you know trying to hack the pentagon or <laughs> something like
0: I, I think it's totally <laughs> fine Plus, she, she's probably going to find her way around any restrictions you put up anyway. So you know exactly, that's, that's exactly. If she's yeah. my kid. She will know
3: exactly <laughs> what to do.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm like you guys. I think I benefited from it. And again, some of that is just I think the age in which I, you know, this was happening. Like I was at the right age for the technology that was up and coming. You know, I was a teenager in the early mid '90s and you know the web was just starting out and so there was a lot of room for experimentation there was a lot of room to learn things everything was still being developed and like people were figuring stuff out there was a smaller number of people on the internet that sounds like a silly thing to say but like absolutely you mm-hmm. think about it now and obviously it's a very different world i will say i do think as much as it helped me um you know obviously there are so many more tools and things that are available now that don't necessarily have to exist along that dynamic of being locked down. You know, I think of all the the crazy like videos and stuff that kids today produce or like pictures or just the, the fact that they have all these tools at their disposal uh, is still amazing. And I don't think necessarily that having content restrictions in place will prevent all of that. And obviously, you know, I'm not a parent, but I, I think probably most parents would agree that there's a line between wanting to make sure that your kid's protected and making sure they have access to stuff that 's going to let them learn and expand their horizons, um, and obviously you can't can 't keep that stuff away from them forever, so sooner or later mm-hmm. they'll they 'll be able to discover all these things and um, you know hopefully you raise them to be smart and <laughs> and uh, careful about the stuff they consume so yeah, Allison, what do you think
2: well, now I understand this question when I first looked at it i didn 't understand what he was asking. And I think you kids are just so darn adorable. I used to slide rule in high school. Okay? When, uh, the, the open uh, web was, well, there wasn't web. Uh, when I went away to college, um, I had a specific time I was allowed to submit my punch cards for my programming class on a PDP-11. Um, I think I was in my 30s, maybe, when a, my friend Ron came over and brought a, a little uh, a floppy disk with something called CompuServe on it. So, uh, you know, I can say it was, it helped me a lot when it got here, but um, I, and I'm definitely a huge fan of the open web. Whenever I hear about services, like even, you know, podcasting going inside of a a paywall just, you know, makes me crazy. Um, I'm definitely a big fan of the open web. And um, I I think, I don't know, with kids, it's sort of like uh, you got to do that parenting thing is, (laughs) is the hard part as it turns out. And so, yeah. Having these artificial ways to do it, it's like yeah if you' if your kid's worth their salt uh, like Dan's daughter is going to definitely hack her way out of these uh these Netflix restrictions, and that's when you go feed that kind of thing so I just think you kids are adorable <laughs>
1: uh well i I feel happy to know that you feel I am adorable um I will say that i uh, you know I, as a person who does not have any children, I don't have skin in the game in that way. All I can speak is to my experience, which is just to say that I think that I certainly was helped by the sort of more free and open web. Not only mm-hmm. in terms of, of being able to go around on the Internet and um, discover things and become curious, about how to fix things i was the person in the in my family who was you know uh solving the problems on the computer and so they would come to me so the idea of them being the one sort of uh offering the filtering i could have easily set up some sort of router <laughs> filter to keep them from watching something that they some show they didn't <laughs> i didn't want them to watch or whatever uh but in terms of of my existence as a human in general, I think it was helpful too, because there was a level of trust I feel that existed there, and I think uh, building up trust is so much more important in any relationship than uh, building up control. And so, yeah, I think that's that's where I'll, I'll I'll leave that. All right, let's move on to our final topic, which comes from Devendra sure so i spent
3: the last week reviewing quibi which is that new app that uh nobody really asked for i guess you could call my review <laughs> scathing because i i i absolutely hate it and everything it represents but quibi is mobile video only you know for a monthly fee with ads or you pay a little more and you don't get ads but using this thing um you know jeffrey katzenberg famed hollywood producer he has raised 1.75 billion dollars for this thing and using it, it just feels absolutely useless because it is um, it's premium content that's built for your phone. You can only view it on your phone. You can't airplay it. You can't Chromecast it. I was trying to share some episodes of uh, of one of these crazy cooking shows with my wife, and we had to crowd around my iPhone uh, while you know my 55 inch OLED TV just sat idle in front of us, and it just didn't feel didn't feel like this is the future of video or media consumption in general. I think mobile video is important, but not mobile-only video. You know, I watch a lot of YouTube on the go. I think YouTube Premium is one of my favorite subscription things right now because I can download stuff and watch it in the background, too. Uh, What do you guys think about mobile video? Like, is this a thing that should still, you know, keep trying to happen? Short answer, no. Long answer, no. (laughs) Oh,
0: my God.
1: Uh,
0: I don't know. I mean... This is always the trick, right? Like there's something, things come out and, and we, in our way of doing things, we're very comfortable in our like watching video on our big TVs and our tablets and our computers. And we're all like, ha, this is ridiculous. It'll never catch on. And then like a year from now, we'll see that everybody under the age of 20 is watching these things. Yeah, this is great. This is the best thing, right? And we'll all be like, why?
3: What is happening? Why?
0: And the answer <laughs> is you can never predict these things. I think it's a terrible idea and I don't think that it's going to last. Um... It, it feels like something that's that, frankly, is the brainchild of a, how old is Jeffrey Gadsby? Is he in like a 70s he's or uh, Yeah,
3: he's an older 60s, 70s, And Meg, yeah. you know, Meg Whitman is the CEO. Yeah. And I think, uh, she's you know, a, you guys have a lot know, of feelings there's, about there's, Meg a, Whitman. There's a name that's been associated
0: done. with a lot of success. Yeah.
3: Uh, and so, exactly.
0: um, you know, <laughs> cold, I, cold. I, sorry, cold, but true. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that the world was crying out for this, especially I feel like right now, this could either be the, the most brilliant moment to release something like this. Or or the absolute worst. <laughs> and I think it's probably the worst because we are all stuck at home in front of our yeah. giant TVs and our computer monitors. We're not on
2: the subway. <laughs>
0: yeah exactly so why why do we want something that's restricted just to our phone if it was primarily for the phone but people could also watch it in their bigger screens i think they'd have a bigger chance but like it feels like they seized onto this idea so hard that it was their whole like raison d'etre yeah. that they're like yeah we're not gonna let it go we are mobile only phones 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 and i think i think it's just a bad idea so i think quibi will uh quickly say hello and goodbye <laughs> allison changed my mind
2: I am not gonna change your <laughs> mind. I hate things that are mobile only as a general rule, and uh, we have established that I'm the old lady on the on the crew here today but uh <laughs> i I use my Mac primarily I mean you know, I'm out about from time to time, not lately, but um, I can't stand it when there's something I wanna do, and I can't do it from my Mac like I would really like to use Instagram on my Mac, and the only way I can do it is by running this janky fluid app that allows me to you know a site specific browser thing. It allows me to convince the website that I am on a Mac because they disable the plus button so you can't add photos to Instagram. So, the idea of using something like Quibi that is only on the phone, I just, I, why, why do you hate us? What that's a horrible (laughs) idea. But again, Uh, old lady, maybe those 20 year olds. So, here's, here's when I saw this
1: question and when I saw your tweet. Devendra, originally about uh, this, uh, your review, um, I thought that I would approach things from I think that folks are being grumpy. Um, however, in uh, hearing you talk about it and hearing everyone talk about it, um, I'm more akin to a middle ground approach that that I think Dan kind of touched on, which is something that bothered me. I was... I. I'm sorry, Joe. I know Joe uh, Steele is listening. And I know how (laughs) he feels about Quibi. Um, I did get the um, signed up for the the thing that lets it download as soon as it was available. And that is because uh, I shamelessly and wholeheartedly love Chrissy Teigen and think she's hilarious and Chrissy Teigen has a show on this Quibi platform where it's basically Judge Judy but with Chrissy Teigen instead and it is funny and I have enjoyed watching <laughs> it um that is why I wanted to get this service and why I you know currently am am watching it there now that said I think that overall um the fact that I couldn't take that show and airplay it to my dad gum television was very frustrating to me and did not make any sense to me and I am bothered by that. Yeah, you can't you can't easily share this content with other people, which is what people like to do. Uh, when I think of the utes, by that I mean my younger siblings who are on who are watching, scrolling through TikTok and things like that, where these videos are shorter. It's the same kind of thing. But you can easily share those to other people and let mm-hmm. them see those videos. And so the lack of sharing, the lack of of um, sort of group watching does not make sense. And I I have a feeling that if they want to stay long term, that they are going to have to change that. Because yes, I know a lot of people my age and younger who do not have 56 inch televisions right, or 37 right. inch, whatever, they don't have televisions at all. They often are just they have got their computer and they watch things on their screen. And so watching on their phone is not a big deal. But you still watch together with other people. And If you do have those devices, then the big screen, then you do want to be able to watch it there. So yeah, I think that it's going to need to adapt to be a success, but I'm not ready to completely count it out just yet. And I'm also not um, keen on just completely saying that nothing that's on the platform is going to be good. And that's just because of my love for Chrissy Teigen.
0: (laughs) Uh, All right. I think that is four topics down. Uh, We have just enough time for a bonus topic, but before we get to the bonus topic, I want to tell you that this week's episode is brought to you by Linode. Whether you're working on a personal project or managing your enterprise's infrastructure, Linode has the pricing, support, and scale you need to take your project to the next level. They have 11 data centers worldwide, including their newest data center in Sydney, Australia, and with their enterprise-grade hardware, S3-compatible storage option, and their next generation network, Linode delivers the performance you expect at a surprisingly good price. Get started on Linode today with a $20 credit for listeners of this show, and you will get access to uh, nano plans starting as low as $5, root access to your server along with API version 4 and Python command line interface, dedicated CPU plans with physical cores preserved just for you, block storage and object storage that can scale to your storage requirements, and way, way more. Go to linode.com slash clockwise and use promo code clockwise 2020 when creating a new Linode account, and you'll get a $20 credit towards your next project. Oh, and Linode is hiring right now. So if that's something that interests you, go to linode.com slash careers to find out more. Once again, that's linode.com slash clockwise and the promo code clockwise 2020 for that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of the show and all of Relay FM. All right, bonus topic. Uh, it seems like a lot of people have been trying different sorts of cooking and baking experiments if if you've been doing this, uh, what's the best thing you've made? And if not, is there anything that you want to try,
2: Allison? This is another one of those adorable questions. My husband and I have eaten on a consistent schedule for more than 30 years. This is what happens when two engineers marry.
1: <laughs> uh, I It's not something that I have tried, but I am going to try um, making. I didn't even know it was possible. Uh, I, unfortunately, am gluten intolerant, and uh, my pal Leo Laporte has been bragging about his sourdough. Um, so I found King Arthur flour has a sourdough starter recipe that is gluten-free so we'll see what gluten-free sourdough bread is like probably it will make me cry but we'll see
3: uh you know i i'm still meaning to be to jump on the bread crew uh i think the no need bread recipe from nyt cooking mm. looks really simple and easy so i've just been meaning to do that i have been making more of my like you know stuff from my family so i've been making more roti and stuff by hand and that involves a lot of bread eating and then you you know fry it up in the pan so it's nice. pretty great nice. doing that
0: all right i'll get to get a recipe for that uh i made the most interesting thing i made was trying something called a vinegar pie which is better than it sounds mainly because it's sort of like an egg custard it's basically eggs and sugar with a little bit of vinegar to add some acidity uh, and you get kind of a, a custardy pie it was pretty good i'll have to try it again though all right that is the end of the show. All that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guest this week, Allison Sheridan. Thank you so much for being here.
2: It was delightful. Thank you for having me.
1: And Devendra Harawar, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, guys. Always fun. And Micah, now we get to keep their half hour.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we will be back next week. But until then, we remind all of you out there, watch what you say. And keep washing your hands. Bye, everybody.